Hello, everyone. We're back for another episode of Profiles in Risk. I am your host, Nick Lamparelli. Uh, it is the holiday season and uh, getting excited to kind of wrap things up. And so I've been looking forward to this conversation. I'm uh, having Meg McKean back um, on this particular episode. Uh, she has been interviewed before, but for, for anyone that doesn't know, Meg is the founder of Adjunct Advisors. Adjunct Advisors provides outsourced insurance producer training solutions. Meg has been a prior guest, as I had mentioned. And in this particular episode, Meg and I are going to be talking about a new initiative that she is focused on. Happy holidays. Thanks, Nick. It's good to be back. I think last time we did this, it was also cold and winter-like. So what a, what a few months it's been. Yeah, it's been, uh, everything seems to blend away. It, it actually doesn't seem that long ago. So it's hard to believe it was a year, but um, when you're having fun, that's what happens. Time flies, they right? They say that, they mm -hmm. say that. Um, so I wanted to, uh, before we get into your new initiative, yeah. uh, let's talk about your uh, old initiative, <laughs> which isn't that old. Um, you are you have founded Adjunct Advisors for the audience. Why don't you give a proper uh, description of Adjunct Advisors and any updates since the twelve or plus months or so that uh, the last time we talked? Ah, thank you, Nick, and thanks for the opportunity to bring you and everyone listening up to date. So, in in summary, the mission of Adjunct Advisors has not changed. I provide outsourced training and development solutions to insurance salespeople. And what has changed in the last 12 months is a uh, new focus, if you will, on speaking and working directly with women who are selling insurance. And it's one of those things that you don't know what you don't know. And so when I set out to do this work, I was, was working with men and women alike. And as I was having those one-on-one -on -one conversations and working um, with various crowds, um, what really rose to me was the need to speak to women in particular. So as you know, as a student of the business and an, an expert in the space, we have a lot of women um, and individuals identifying as female working in the industry, but not a lot on the front lines selling insurance as a, a revenue stream, as um, an income stream. And so much of the opportunity that lies ahead is with women in the driver's seat of buying, uh, making insurance buying decisions. So I have renewed my focus on helping to empower women on the front lines. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and I think it's such an important topic uh, outside of just the, a lot of the social impact for it. I just happen to think um, a lot of the, um, you know, uh, gender um, specific, characteristics of women play really well for insurance. I think it's such a good fit, yeah. um, you know, given that, um, you know, if you just focus on the risk transfer part of things, a claim occurs and we need to get someone back up on their feet. And I, I just, um, I, I hate to generalize, but I do think that, um, you know, a female oriented voice in in that, in that, in all aspects of that, just uh, I, I think there's a, a 
a nice home. It just it sort of dovetails nicely with who women generally have been over, you know, over time. Yeah. And it's, it's a sensitive topic, right? I hate stereotypes. Yeah. I certainly yeah. don't, don't like people checking boxes about what I may or may not be. But at the same time, there are some inherently feminine qualities that can, can really lend themselves well to a career in insurance sales. And that's, I'm all about leveraging what you have rather than trying to build up skills that you don't. So certainly doesn't mean that there aren't men who are detail oriented. And I mean, we can certainly, there's always an exception, right? But these are inherently feminine qualities. And, and I say, let's lean into them and let's frankly exploit them. And we all make money when we're all selling insurance. So it, it does everyone well in the long run. Yeah, that's right. So uh, let's transition to your new initiative. Yeah. I have a feeling it's associated with what we just talked about. Well, it tell. is. And I, I think the word is meta that I'm on a podcast getting ready to tell you about my <laughs> new podcast. Um, but it's it's one of those things a year ago, if you had said, you know, Meg, you're going to be knee deep and heads down in launching a podcast, I would have said, why? I don't I don't see the need. It's a very saturated space and, and that's just not my thing. And over the last year, as I've been exploring more work with video and really sharing my voice in a, an audio focused way, and then also this, this focus on working with women, I've realized that there really is a void and in what's available currently to speak specifically to women in the industry. And um, I'm certainly not the first person to to focus on this demographic, but the way that I'm going about it is really addressing uh, women who are listening as whole people. So this isn't a sales podcast about how to grow your client base by 10x overnight. Um, as you know, Nick, that, that's not my style and mm -hmm. it's not the kind of, of training and coaching work that I do anyway, but this is really helping women who are navigating complicated family obligations, um, social obligations, professional obligations, and trying to figure out how to get it all done and done in a, what, done in a way that really feels good to them. And, and feeling is a word that seems to be so foreign in our industry, but I'm, I'm more and more excited about seeing that inflection of emotion and feeling into the work that we do. Because I do think that's where we really meet our customers and where we really solidify those relationships. So it's, it's not your traditional sales or insurance podcast. I'm, I'm excited about it. Good. Then let's go through the checkbox. Yeah. What's, what's the name? <laughs> so I have um, uh, branded, if you will, the, the slogan bound and determined. So it's, it's something that you'll see more of from me in the future in terms of uh, educational offerings, but it is also the name of the podcast. So bound and determined the podcast. And it is obviously a fairly well-known saying. Um, but for me, it really came to me, I was driving and I don't know about you, but I, I do a lot of my best thinking in the car and was listening to one of those genius playlists that Amazon created based on my, my prior listening experience. And it was a song lyric in a song um, by the band The Oh Hellos, and I'm a, a huge music fan, and um, the song is called The Truth is a Cave, and the lyric in the song is is about being bound and determined. And I just thought, number one, it's a really powerful 
um, phrase, but it's also so relevant in insurance, right? Because that word bound has a total connotation yeah. in the insurance industry that that no one outside the industry really understands, but yet it's so relevant in the work that we do. So I thought that was a, a kind of fun play on lingo and jargon in our industry, but also adding some power behind it. Yeah. So uh, you've kind of described the focus yeah. of the podcast. Could you give um, examples of either? Um, I know it's, I think we're going to try to get this live this broadcasted before yours goes out. So you're likely to have recorded some episodes mm -hmm. beforehand. What's a, you know, what are some of these episodes look like? Yeah. So we're really gathering resources and ideas and voices supporting women in insurance. So, uh, so far season one will be eight episodes. Six of them will be an interview style, kind of like this. And then the other two will be me speaking solo on a particular topic. And I'm reserving the two solo episodes for the end because I feel like those individual conversations are really going to inspire a topic that we need to go a little bit deeper on. So I'm, I'm reserving those for the end. But the first handful of guests, we have uh, a money and personal finance coach. So one of the things that I hear over and over and over again from the salespeople that I work with is it's really hard to have a fluctuating commission-based income. So we're talking about budgeting, which is all great and, and fine if you have it. Most people don't. Or if you do, you fall off, off course. So we're talking about how to get back on track. We're talking with um, my inaugural guest is a personal stylist. And as a woman in the industry, I've always admired the gray slacks, blue button-down male counterparts that I've had. But I've often felt a little less certain about what was appropriate dress for me, both to express my own individuality, but also to align with the expectations of a boss or a client. And our workplace is shifting. So that, that's, we've recorded that one and I'm excited about it. Uh, we're working with a diversity and inclusion expert. Um, I've got an a insurance agent who is boots on the ground selling insurance for a living. And so she's going to be giving a very candid account of her experience, and I'm excited to support her in this way. And that's really just kind of a, a little dip your toe into what's coming. So nice. resources, ideas, connections. I really want um, a woman who might be driving home from the office or commuting on the train to turn this on and feel supported and feel like she's been given a, a hug or a high five, depending on her personality. And the encouragement that she needs to, to keep going. Yeah. So <clears throat> part of what I got from you was um, the audience doesn't necessarily have to be an in insurance. Um, correct. Yeah. I'm tying it all back to insurance because that's who I speak to. Yep. But there are certainly um, Maggie, the financial coach, does not work specifically with women in insurance. She's happy yep. to do that. But her clients are entrepreneurs and people in corporate nine to fives. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really the case for all of my guests so far, other than the insurance agent and insurance industry folks. Uh, but this is not a, an echo chamber. This is not a place for the women who have it all figured out to talk about how great they are and how <laughs> successful they are and how easy it was. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, what I've been really disappointed to learn and the more I've been doing this work, and it's something that I'll be digging into in a big way in 2020 is there seems to be a sense of 
uh, loneliness at the top. So what I'm finding is, is I thought that there would be a community of women who were successful and again, we're generalizing, but who used that success to help elevate and support women that were coming up behind them. And what I'm learning is that there's a lot of competition still, and there's a lot of um, this mentality that it was difficult for them, and it was, uh, and that therefore it's going to be it's going to be difficult for everyone else. And that's really hard for me to hear because it's certainly not how I'm wired. But I really want women who might be struggling to find a strong female role model in the industry. Maybe they don't have anyone in their workplace that that looks like them physically, and this isn't necessarily a male female. Um, topic, but uh, someone that they can't relate to. And so I want this podcast to be a place where they feel heard and supported. Yep. So often I will have guests on um, <clears throat> where I'm trying to take their expertise and share it to the audience, someone that I've bit into, you know, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And then there are others that come on where it's like, I actually, I, I want to learn. Mm. And by me, I will distill distill and filter it for the rest of my audience. Um, how much did that happen with you? Totally. So one of the things I've learned in the last year, and, and I know you and I have, have had a chance to meet in person a couple times, and I know that we're connected on LinkedIn, um, vulnerability is kind of like the thing um, right now, not just from a, an opportunity standpoint, but frankly, from a human connection standpoint, we're all craving real, real experiences, real relationships, real um, emotions. And so one of the things that I've learned is that by opening myself up, I'm really able to invite people into the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so the podcast is, is as much me in the, the driver's seat as the interviewer or host as it is being in the hot seat. So there are some, some times um, when I've had to come clean, if you will, about some of my own hangups. I, I've been very transparent. Um, I've been fortunate to do some other interviews like this. And as an entrepreneur in the last couple of years, and, and frankly before, if I'm really honest with myself, I've had some real um, challenges surrounding uh, the emotions of, of money and finance. So when the, the financial coach was on, it was, it was pretty raw for me because it, it, I felt like she was talking to me personally. And mm -hmm. by allowing myself to be in the hot seat and show that vulnerability, um, I'm hopeful that the women listening will feel like they're not alone on this journey. Yeah. So, um, we are expecting this to go live. Uh, January 13th. Yep. Okay. So it'll be, um, a graduated release. We've got, uh, the first of eight episodes will go on January 13th. And right now they're slated to drop every other Monday. Yep. So I might, might escalate that. Is it, uh, is it a, like a series format where there could, so they are, you can consume them individually as if, you didn't listen to any of the other ones. Absolutely. It's a hard start and stop. Um, yep. Season two, and the reason I kept this um, a fairly short season is I want to be nimble. It's the core of my business is being able to respond to the needs. So one of the things that's popped up since I came up with the original concept is I get a lot of the same questions over and over and over again. And they're very valid questions and they come from a great place. Yep. And I thought a podcast could be a, a great way to do a listener Q&A. So some of those questions that I'm getting, I could, I could be fielding to a wider audience. And so that might be something in season two that I sprinkle in or in the off season, I do a couple of, um, you know, just off the cuff episodes like that. But 
it's been really interesting and another learning process for me to see this all come together. So okay, so let's uh, let's rewind a little bit. Um, this is not an easy decision to make because you're, or I don't know, maybe it is for some because you don't realize what you're getting yourself into. Uh, but for you and how you think, I, I, I probably can respect that you really deliberated on what on what you're doing. Can you walk us through um, why why you felt the need to have this particular type of content? Uh, to broadcast to to help spread your message. Yeah, thank you for that. So, I mean, podcasting is just a great medium in this day and age. I I had done quite a bit of video work, and video still still certainly has its place. Um, but when you think about the way we're consuming content, you can listen to a podcast while you're washing dishes or or commuting in a crowded train. You don't have to have your device in front of your face, and you don't necessarily with video either. But you certainly lose something um, in the visual. So I think it's an interesting and relevant format these days. And insurance is, is just, there's so much opportunity in our industry. There are certainly podcasts like this one um, that have come before mine. And, and I feel like that's all great runway for what's to come. And I've been fortunate in the last year to have been a guest on several podcasts. And for me, from the ability to elevate my personal brand and really tell my story, it's been the greatest driver. And so in a way, the ability to reciprocate that, so the women in my audience and the women that I'm, I've invited to be guests on the show have businesses that they're growing. And this is a great platform for them to share more about the work that they do in a very conversational and a very non, non-salesy way. They certainly mm-hmm. have an opportunity to make an offer or a pitch, but we're all in this together. And so it's, it's really a relevant uh, and timely uh, method of delivering content, in my opinion. So yeah. the process to, to decide to do it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, huh, it's messy in my head sometimes, all the, the decision making. And at one point you just say, okay, I'm doing it and it's happening. And uh, I was fortunate to go to a couple-hour workshop here in Chicago. It was free, um, hosted by uh, an event space that does great programming for entrepreneurs and small business owners, and and that really helped me solve some of the technical questions that I had. To be honest, that was the piece of this that was most intimidating because it's not the language that I speak. So, how do I how do I get from A to B to C to actually have a quality product that sounds good and doesn't hurt my personal brand rather than, mm-hmm. than help it. So um, I also reached out and, and literally Nick, just before we signed on, I got the email with the audio files, but I have a dear friend who's a singer songwriter in Nashville. And I reached out to her and asked her to record the intro and the outro for me. And so nice. I got the samples and they're fantastic and I, it's becoming even more real. So uh, once we get that nailed down, I'm I'm excited to be able to support her. Frankly, in this way, I'll I'll give her credit in the in the credits um, for doing the music, and she's growing her business too. So I feel like this is, in some ways, a big group hug for a lot of the women in my network. But it's also resources and ideas and information that I realize I've been supported in a huge way by a great community here in Chicago, but not everybody has that. So this is a great way to bring those messages closer to home. Yeah, that's that's uh, fantastic. What what have you learned 
doing this. <laughs> oh, um, we're capable. Pod- you've learned podcasting isn't yeah. easy. No, it's not easy. But you know, here's this is interesting. So yeah, the mechanics of it, right? Of like just figuring it all out and the the hosting and the editing and all of that has been and and I don't know that I'll always do it myself. Frankly, I'm a believer. I I want to understand the process initially, and there may come a point when I I outsource that. But um, one of the less obvious lessons that I've learned is that I am. I mentioned that transparency and along with that vulnerability, not everybody has the interest, willingness, desire to go there. And so there were a couple of of women that I pondered inviting to be guests and knowing them as I do, I felt like this would really not, it would come across as a, a lecture rather than a conversation. And to me, it was really important that this feel like a conversation. And Mm -hmm. while they are exceptionally competent women and skilled at at their particular focus, from an energy standpoint, it's it's not what I want for the podcast. So I just assumed that everyone would be willing to chit chat and tell me their worst day stories and, you know, lay it all out there. and, And we're just not there and that's okay. So that was definitely something that I learned as I was going. Yeah, it happens. Um, you know, you get, I, I think um, you get, sometimes you get folks that come on and um, you have an expectation because of your prior conversations with them. It'll go a particular way, yeah. but then they, you know, some people freeze. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It happens. It's, and it's hard. And I think, my comfort level in in hosting has been completely elevated because I've been a guest on several of these. Yeah, that's, and that was that's helpful. Yeah, so kind of understanding yeah. the cadence and the flow, and and that it's okay to stumble because these things can be edited, and it doesn't have to be perfect on the first take. And and the reason people listen is not because they want you to be perfect; it's because they want to know that you're a real person with real yeah. ideas and. Um, again, it's, it's a big, hopefully a, a big hug, a big affirmation, um, that the listeners are on the right track. I used to spend hours editing the audio files, um, and, you know, getting the ums and the stutters out and, you know, I struggle, um, you know, for the folks that are watching, like you'll see my eyeballs dart around. I have, you know, info on Meg on one screen. I have the agenda on the other. As Meg is talking, I'm preparing the next question, and I stumble. You know, sometimes I lose track of where where are we. You know, in this, like, you know, I, I start to think of like musicians that uh, write big songs, and they kind of get lost in their own music. They're like, where am I in this song? I feel like where am I in this agenda? So, um, it's uh, it's a it's challenge to juggle all of those if you haven't done that. And I've been doing it going on three years, three years, two years, something like that. And and it's still hard, but um, I commend you for the focus. And I, I, you mentioned something that I hadn't really thought about, which is, you know, you, you do these marvelous LinkedIn um, posts where you talk about a particular thing that's happened to you and you, you know, you, you are vul- you, you show your vulnerability yeah. and a podcast is really just a, an audio and or visual video format of 
exposing that vulnerability and bringing someone in with you yeah to that it, it it's uh it's it's an experience it's a it it should in one way or another educate or move or do something but it's similar to that i never really thought about it that way but that's um that's kind of powerful, isn't it? It is. And so much of the inspiration that I take from other podcasts, they're not necessarily business focused. They're more human interest. And the ones that really hold my attention are just, they're just real people telling stories. And I feel like what better industry than insurance to tell stories Um, as salespeople claims are a great gift as far as a a sales tool. So honing your ability to, to tell your story and, and tell stories that are relatable and connect with your buyer really changes the process. It becomes less a transaction and more of a relationship. So it was so interesting. I just this morning was on a, a call with a new coaching client and it's, it's a little outside of my normal box. He is in sales, but he also um, owns an agency and he's scaling. And so our engagement is a little bit different because he needs a little bit of of guidance with the scaling piece. And we hung up or before we hung up, he thanked me of course for my time. And he said, you know, I just, I knew that talking to you would be helpful because there's nobody else that I can talk to. I need somebody else that has, is not interested in my business, is not competition down the street, is not a peer in the business who's very um, opinionated. I'm not short of opinions, don't get me wrong, but just an uninterested third party. And I thought about any time that we're able to have a conversation like that and you can share ideas and give feedback and listen and ask probing questions that that is exactly what we're doing in any sort of a discovery process but how you do it and the ability that you have to hold space for that person to really open up is really powerful and yet we're so quick to get to the the end result so um, the podcast has been a great exploration for me in, in trying to encourage my guests to really go a little bit deeper and maybe talk about some subjects that aren't easy, you know, that aren't checking sure. boxes, so to speak. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, my, my guess is that you probably would do a marvelous job of that because you, you know, because of those LinkedIn posts, you come across because you're vulnerable you come across as someone who would be patient to others to allow them to be vulnerable. Um, I have the, I have the personality quirk of not wanting to uh, have conflict. So I'm always like very careful wanting someone to be vulnerable, even though I'm comfortable with it. I don't want to have a conflict with them where they're, they're just kind of, I don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, so it's hard. It's hard to do that, and um, I commend you because I think you're gonna. I think you just have uh, that. Li- that all of that LinkedIn work is really a springboard for this, where I think you can really get, you know, peel more layers of the onion back, and I think you help a wider audience. You know, there's there's some things that are just really good in the in the written word, mm-hmm. and then there's others where it's like this. You have to experience it with someone else and and kind of feel what they're feeling. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know vulnerability ideally goes both ways, right? We're both we're both in the yuck together, mm-hmm. and that's not always possible. But as the host, I have the ability to go to the yuck, and so that's one of the things that. Typically, a, a host is more of the, you know, I'm, I'm 
in the driver's seat. And I've allowed myself to be on the receiving end of feedback and of that sort of exposing myself, which creates that dynamic if you have a guest who isn't willing uh, to go there quite as much. And you really don't, these are very organic conversations. I have a certain agenda and list of topics that I provide in advance. You know, we all do. It's it's part of being prepared and fair to your guest, but mm -hmm. you never do know which direction these conversations are going to go. And I love, I love to let the conversation wander because I feel like that's where you really get to the good stuff. So don't prejudge the conversation. I've learned my lesson. Yeah. It's usually the ones that's like, Oh, why am I doing this? That you end up finding out, Whoa, you're like your mind gets blown. Yeah. I, ha I had no idea. Or the person ends up be having a particular type of personality that's really rhymes with yours and uh, and it comes off really well uh, it, and, and that would be like um, I guess advice that I would give to you is uh, in, I think you were you you kind of already hinted at that it's not going to be perfect so don't even bother oh, what else you know? do you have for me I love it any you know you've been what are you 200 or 300 episodes at this 200 point? 200 yeah. plus now um, but it's it's so there, there are podcasts that will bomb. Yeah. Um, they will just not get, we've had some where it's, it's like, Oh, this is going to be great. And it sounds great. It looked great, but it didn't really get the response. Yeah. Then there was the vice versa, but the individual episodes really, yes, they're helpful, but it's really the catalog of the voice. Yeah. That's the most important part with Google in this day and age to search for stuff. Um, folks that end up finding you will and then further filter for different episodes that kind of fit. And that's what it's for, really. It's, it's, uh, it's the catalog that carries all of the weight and not any individual episode. Yeah, it's so interesting that you'd say that. So I was um, uh, earlier mm, November-ish, I was doing a little home improvement project that got a little out of hand and I spent um, some long weekend days doing some painting and sanding and different things in my bedroom. And um, I'm a, a huge podcast listener and one of my shameful secrets is I, I love true crime and Dateline in particular. And I'm convinced that Keith Morrison, the one of the hosts of Dateline could narrate anything and I would listen. So Dateline came out with a podcast and it's it's an old story that they've done many times on the television show but they blew it out into a podcast and mm -hmm. and I started listening to episode 1 and it rolled into episode 2 and then it rolled into episode 3 and all of a sudden several hours had gone by and I was just riveted by this story and though this is not true crime that I am creating um, my hope is that the listener will get lost to a certain point in in the message, that they'll be engaged and they'll be curious and that maybe there will be an episode that won't resonate, but they'll know that the next one will and that they'll they'll feel inspired that not necessarily when they come out on that day, I get that we're all not sitting around waiting for the next yeah. you know, iTunes release, but that they might might find themselves letting their minds wander a bit and, and listening through. No. That's a great attitude to have. Thanks. Bound and determined mm -hmm. is the name of it. It is. Uh, we will we will have this go live. So look for it on the weekend of January thirteenth. Mm -hmm. uh, insurance nerds will do everything it can to help you promote that. And 
You got a new shirt, so let's not end this episode without seeing your shirt. What is it? What does it mean? Why do you like it so much? Uh, so uh, you can see life of yes is the phrase. So uh, this last year I have invested in my business and my professional development um, in a, a variety of ways. And uh, there's a woman here in Chicago, Saya Hillman, and she's the founder of a company called Mac and Cheese Productions. And she really coined this phrase several years ago and everything that she offers professionally and personally in terms of workshops and programming really focuses on living a life of yes. And I feel like this, that phrase and that slogan and, and wearing it on myself really embodies where I am um, in my own journey right now. And, and obviously she's been a huge part of it and an advocate for me, but also this idea that we live in this business of risk and we're always contemplating what's the right thing? How is this going to pay off? Is it going to work? What if it doesn't? And I certainly have found myself in that, um, in that loop and thinking about really starting with what if I said yes, what could be on the other side? And it's not mm -hmm. necessarily saying yes to all the good stuff. Sometimes it's, it's making a difficult decision by saying yes. And it's been really powerful for me. So this is just a physical embodiment of, of a lot of what I've learned over the last year, the podcast being another great example of that journey. Well, uh, for the sake of being vulnerable, <laughs> I will say that um, having followed your career for as long as I have, uh, yeah, I, 2019, you became a different person. Oh, like you. it, it's... Um, First of all, like you could see the transition, but like thoroughly impressed with how you did it and the results you got. Like I'm envious. You know, you see those you see those results on on LinkedIn, and it's just like wow. Like I, it'd be I, I don't on a, and on a consistent basis. Like I, you know, I think you'd be a really good role model for a lot of um, professionals, young. Um, and older, but particularly young, to kind of look at what you're doing and what you did in this in this year, and and I wouldn't say imitate it because you have to. It's got it's your particular voice, but see, you know, find the specific things that you did and and um, you know execute on something like that because it was it was powerful to watch. It was like all of a sudden, it's just like wow like you blasted off like a rocket ship. So congratulations. You, you did a life of yes. I can see it <laughs> in 2019. This isn't something like you just kind of, um, a lot of people talk, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You actually executed on it. So congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for that. That was just an amazingly profound compliment. Thank you. I, and you it doesn't, it. um, I want to be careful to say like, there's a lot of stuff that didn't work that I didn't necessarily broadcast on LinkedIn. So like, it's, it's not all been, um, you know, fantastic. Um, what I said just to a girlfriend the other day, 2019 was like the year I burnt it all down. I tried a lot of things. <laughs> um, I made some tough decisions <laughs> in my personal life. I'm, it was all on the table in 2019 and, and I'm, excited about the momentum going into the new year. Also knowing that in entrepreneurship, I am, I am not a unicorn. Their unicorns are few and far between. It's hard and it's a grind and it's, we are planting seeds every day, yep. 
hoping that someday they will come to fruition and they're starting to, and I'm really, I have big goals for the new year, both financially and in terms of how my time is spent. Um, but 2019 and late 2018 was when I really, really realized that it's sales, right? I'm in business development myself. I'm selling my own, my own business yep. and my own services. People aren't going to call me if they don't know I exist and I have to stop really getting in my own way and, and be more present and be more visible. Um, LinkedIn was a great, is a great platform for doing that. I certainly will not be slowing that down in 2020. I've actually been approached about doing some social media management for some other folks, which is not the business I'm in. Um, my, my approach on LinkedIn works because I do it, uh, because I show up on the platform and that's the only reason it works. So it's, it's interesting to receive that compliment in that way. But I do, um, one of my programs coming out in 2020 is focused on LinkedIn for agents. So it's, a, it's the wild, wild west for us as salespeople. And I mean, I don't have like thousands of connections. I have a couple thousand really good ones and I see who's really doing it well and who's really falling short. And there's such an opportunity uh, for us on that platform. So I'm excited to bring that to a wider audience in the new year. Well, uh, I appreciate what you did in 2019. Congratulations on the podcast. Um, and let's, uh, let's make 2020 even better. Thank you, Nick. And thank you to the entire insurance nerds community for your support. It's, I had no idea in all my corporate years that an organization and a group of people like that existed or could exist. And I know it's not with, without a lot of hard work behind the scenes. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, My guest this week has been Meg McKean. Meg, happy holidays. Thanks, Nick.